Hey, everybody, welcome once again to another edition of the companion podcast to Hang Time Michigan. This is Hang Time Overtime. My name is Lauren Plant, joined by Scott Bernstein and TJ Kelly. So glad uh, that you can uh, be here to listen to uh, what we have to say. And this is an opportunity for us to expound upon our thoughts that uh, we, you know, even though our hang time show is, is no longer on television and it's a digital show. We have more freedom, uh, but we, of course, do not want to take all day. This is more of something maybe you're in the car or just chilling on a bus stop and got your headphones on. You want to hear what, uh, uh, you know, what's going on in boys' high school hoops here in the state of Michigan, and uh, that's what we're going to do. And uh, we're going to kind of make a, a special episode here where uh, we are talking about uh, AAU basketball. First off, let me say what's up to the boys. Scott, TJ, how you living? Doing all right, doing all right, ready for I another day. I love this little extra companion piece that yes. we can, because I'm so long-winded and I have so much I know. to say. I know. Sometimes I need like another platform for yes, it. Yes, and yeah. that's what this yeah. is for. We really have no uh, time limit, although, yeah. you know, we generally try to keep it a little bit, but uh, you know what I'm saying. So George Ward uh, had a big win over Detroit Douglas last Friday night and was really excited about the way his players uh, played. Uh, and, you know, there has been a lot of hype on P.J. Brooks, rightfully so. Uh, but he felt the way that his players defended, the way his team played, and, and that his guys, you know, just I, I think it just spurred something that obviously had been burning in him for a while, that, you know, all this attention goes to kids uh, from a recruiting perspective to all these kids who – that play on the big shoe company AAU-sponsored teams that play on the, the big circuits that are going, you know, uh, that are transcontinental, that are that are crisscrossing the country in the yeah. offseason. Um, yeah. And that and get a lot, lot of team basketball a, a, being emphasized. Get a substantial amount more exposure than right. the kids that play for the quote-unquote grassroots AAU teams. Right, but because maybe some of these players, and I know, TJ, you got great thoughts on this, uh, <laughs> some of the players who, you know, perhaps you see them in high school and then you're like, man, I, I just don't understand the hype, uh, yet they happen to play on such a high-profile program that that is what Well, let's also state that off-season basketball on the AAU circuit and structured high school basketball or structured college basketball, yeah. it, it's night and day. They're mm -hmm. two different ball games altogether. And just because you exceed at one and excel at one, right. sorry, not exceed, just because you excel at one right. doesn't mean you're necessarily going to excel at the other. And it's the same thing with football sure. right now, with the, the whole phenomenon of seven-on-seven seven, uh, summer football, where kids, you know, kind of in the, the quote-unquote underwear Olympics can uh, Ooh, have, touch. have never yes, caught a touchdown in regular season, but because they look good running a 40 uh, or, yeah. or playing touch football, they get five scholarships, and the guy that's caught – the 25 touchdowns on his high school team doesn't have one. Right. Look good in shorts and yeah. T-shirts. Yeah. I, I, trust me. I mean, I, I draw, uh, when I look at seven-on-seven, seven, the difference between seven-on-seven and seven high school football where there's actual tackling is because I know there, there are plenty of people who are not afraid to run across the middle. Right. Right. When you're in your shorts and T-shirt. Yeah, when you're in your bike shorts or whatever else, you know. And go back 20th century. Yeah, Come on. yeah, yeah, exactly. And so my thing is, yo, it takes away from everything. Yes. Is there any pressure on a quarterback? Is the quarterback afraid about getting blindsided or anything like that? No. That to me is like, oh, that's the biggest setup right there. You can watch Ultimate Frisbee and get more. 
There's you know? just I'm just, but so on the on the high school level, and I understand that they get a lot of exposure, right. you know, from seven on seven, just because you have that many more of a concert. Let's say this: a uh, uh, larger concentration of college coaches there that might be wa- that are watching a large field, which makes sense because they have to be efficient about their time. Uh-huh. You know, if I have a chance to watch forty guys in one day who might be able to play for me as a college coach, then I have to go to that event. And especially if I've got my competition that's going, and I think that that's maybe the biggest, the similarities between seven and seven and, and, uh, in grassroots basketball. Yeah, it's and like this a- is the other thing. I got to say that they're like AAU basketball is AAU basketball. And right. that is, and how that is structured and how the AAU brand goes about doing their, their stuff is far, far different than, you're, you'll find in a lot of grassroots tournaments. Anybody can have a grassroots tournament, you know. And in saying that, is it always going to be run with the efficiency that you know that the guys with millions of dollars have, like the AAU program or a, like the AAU brand? Um, so going into going so going into the summer, when you look at a chance in April, Matt Nicholson has zero offers um, going in. Where he had an offer, I guess, just before the just before. The EYBL first session started. Which led TJ to coin the famous nickname, Matty Noah. Matty Noah. <laughs> yeah, so, that's right. And so, was it, were his offers going to come along in time? You know, more than, more than likely. At the same time, everybody can't come out to, got 50 states, you know. These coaches are, are limited on how many kids that they can see or how many times that they could be out on the road. They, I mean, obviously, they have to be at, you know, for their own games. They've got to go scout other teams, they've got other things that are going on. And they have to go places where they're going to get a lot of bang for their buck. And when I mean that, I'm talking about where I can go, where they can go see a lot of players and say, all right, I can go back to my my boss and I can say, hey, here are 10 guys, and I think that these top three are who we should get. And then you've got your B recruits, you've got your C recruits. Or, you know, maybe there's some other kids. The other thing is you want to see Division One players play against Division One players. I, at least I do. Mm-hmm. You can get a lot better feel. I think that that's a great – let's say this when you when talk about uh, King versus um, Douglas. It was probably great to see two of the state's better juniors in Omar Ziegler and Pierre Brooks. I was going to say that. George I, has yeah. his own primetime player yeah. and, uh, in Omar Ziegler. And, I think and that's, Chancey Willis is a pretty good player too. And I know? think yeah. that the George's feelings about – uh, Omar Ziegler and where his recruiting stands right now is what's prompting some of this conversation that he's having about AU basketball yeah. because Omar doesn't play on a on a big uh, at the company. same time he's got division at the same time it, it, he has division one offers this is this is my thing I think the grassroots to be anti AU or anti grassroots for anybody I want you to think about the kid who's an Alpina. Who nobody, I'm, hey, no offense to everybody, you know, above Saginaw, yeah. north of Saginaw. But there are not a lot of guys that are going out there and saying, hey, I got a good, I'm going, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to go see Apple. I'm going Alpina to versus, Ionia. I'm going to Grayling versus Al- Alpina, you know? And, and, and it's just one of those things where it's not necessarily going to happen. If you remember a few no years offense, ago. No offense, Ionia, by the way. Yeah, with the kid Brandon town. Childress from Baldwin. Yeah. You you don't right. really play against anybody. I mean, he's playing football at Central Michigan. But as a basketball recruit, you can't go into his gym and say, "Oh wow, now I've got to, I could see this athlete versus athlete." That they have no other athletes. Yeah, we've had you ballers know? from like Otsego like, and, and other areas that are just yeah, out of the way. Right. Maple City, Glen Lake. Yeah, yeah, but it takes an effort to go see some of these guys. And fortunate for the guys at 
uh, at for at Glen Lake, they were able to make a trip down to the Breslin where it was a more concentrated right. uh, venue or, or let's say arena to see to see players. Like and Iron so when Mountain happens, did as well. Let's give Eric Williams. Eric Williams. Eric Williams played for the Michigan Playmakers, the same co- the same the same program that George Ward coaches for. They do a fantastic job. Wendell Green runs the program, and when I say they do a fantastic job, they do a fantastic job because they're running sets. There's a lot of structure. Mm-hmm. They're playing defense, and I don't think that anybody can go out there and say, hey, AU basketball is terrible. We'll go watch the playmakers because they're doing a lot of the same things that Coach Ward is talking about other programs not or other AU pro- but. Go to the EYBL, which is obviously, you know, which is arguably the top circuit in the in the spring and summer. Those guys are competing because they want to make it to the Peach Jam. They have to qualify to get in there. Trust me, those guys from the family, where this which is the uh, Michigan program, EY Michigan, one of Michigan's EYBL programs, along with Bates Fundamentals, but they both but, Nike programs, both Nike programs in the EYBL, and they and they're trying to get to play for the Peach Jam. And when they get to play in the Peach Jam then they get hundreds and hundreds. Every school in the country is there to watch them play. If not, if that's not a carrot dangling in front of, of, of you to, to, to win, mm-hmm. then, I don't know, then I don't know what that what is. And I think what, one of the things that Coach Ward was talking about is, and, it, and it's very true, I, a lot of kids, when they're playing in the spring and summer, they don't have the same heart that they have for their high school season. And I think that a lot of that culminates because there's so many, a lot games, of the there's so many games. Well, they're not playing in front of their family. They're not right. playing in front of friends. They're not playing in front of their community. There is no varsity jacket for the family. You know, they have gear and stuff like that. But there's a, something to be said about having, hey, my dad won one. Now I want to win one. This is what, and there's a, there's, there's a lot of pride. And I don't, and I think that, one thing that I look for is is is, is this kid a winner? I mean, he's out here hunting his hunting his baskets, you know. Yeah, he's he's scoring, you know, he scored 15 points when it didn't matter, you know. In the I think in the, it goes in the to second ur- half. I think it goes to urgency. There's an urgency yeah. in the regular season when you're when when it's kind of all on the line and the bright lights are on. Now the bright lights are on to an extent in the EYBL, but you're also sometimes you could be playing five games in a day. Yeah. So if you lose one or two. And you're you not, just go on to the next game. And you're, and you're not going back to school the next yeah. day to face all your friends who yeah. saw you get posterized in your high school right. game. You know, and, that's a much yes. different scenario. W- without a doubt. And I think the other thing is it's hard to – a lot of lot of team defense comes from uh, from studying your team. We talked about Coach Essler earlier. Uh, De La Salle. Uh, coach. And he was there scouting Orchard Lake St. Mary's, preparing for his game – the next day, a lot of times in grassroots basketball, you have no idea who you're going to play in the right. next game. So you're going to watch ten different teams in hopes that we can try to uh, strategize. And something. the lineups change. Yeah, in an hour right. or two. All the time. You don't you even. Could have, you could have one kid playing for one team in the morning, and then they're playing for a whole different team in the afternoon. Yeah. I've seen it. Well, and, 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 and so, and so this is, and so this, so I'd like to say this. This is the difference between um, tournaments where you will see that because I know that. You know, for example, let's say, obviously, you've got Adidas, you've got Under Armour, EYBL, which are the top three circuits. I think the guys over at the Hoop Group do a great job. I think the guys over at NY2LA do a great job. And you will never find – they will stop the game and they'll say, no, that's not going on. And they'll point it out in the rules where they'll say, yo, a kid can't jump from team to team or from age group to age group, Yeah, good. you know, to go out there and help you. And I think that a lot of it is they – and the best-run programs or the best tournament directors – realize, all right, this is the problem, and they go and fix it. And they try to make it where it is competitive because they want to get the most for what 
what the college coaches are are there for. And not only that, they want to have a competitive environment. They don't want there. You can it, you can have a lot of uh, uh, you can have a tournament and you have a hundred teams, and if eighty five of them, you know, no offense, I mean, if they're crap, you know, they, let's I'm saying that like. They don't have Division One players. They don't have Division One. They don't have college players on their team. Mm-hmm. Then, then that, that's a problem. In my, in my opinion, I mean, just stay at home and just play in front of the people who are going to recruit you. This, and this, if it's going to be nobody, then it, then it's nobody. But at the same time, a lot of teams waste too much money on travel. Why am I going? If, if I've got a team that's loaded with Division Three and NAI players who are being recruited in the Michigan, Indiana, Illinois, Ohio area, then that's where I'm playing all my games. There is no point to go in, to go to um, Orlando or to go to Los Angeles or Dallas. to go to Vegas yeah. or go to Dallas because now you're talking about all the money that of, of parents that have to spend to get in there. If you're going to pay for a weekend event, oh, that's fifty bucks. You know, yeah. Plus, oh, you talk about everything and, and, and so and, and This is a real buzzy topic. This decision by George Young to kind of George hold Lord. A, what God? <laughs> That's okay. George, George, George Young. Young is. George Young. George Young, George Young from, from my from Blow. <laughs> yeah, well, George, George. Yeah, George Young's also a Twitter guy from uh, a oh, British guy. Again, my apologies, <laughs> okay. George. It's all uh, good. But for George Ward's decision to kind of speak up, and he kind of held a. Um, uh, impromptu press conference in a media scrum after uh, after the Douglas game, and and it's it's a subject that's really caught fire. You've had the free press, and the he news. spoke here on Hangtime yeah. this week. So free press, the news, M Live came yes, exactly. came to us and 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 pontificated on his thoughts. Yeah, and I think this is it's a very complex issue. There's a lot of layers. It's not black and white. There's a lot to unpack. Um, you know the way I view it, it, it there's not a, a you know some recipe to fix this. I think part of what we kind of have to acknowledge, you know, uh, the elephant in the room, if you will, is that the way the system is in, uh, is structured right now is kind of a necessary evil. And you've got to be able to take the positives from it mm-hmm. and benefit from them mm-hmm. and try to eliminate as many of the negatives as you can um, and neutralize them. And right. you hope that if you're a parent or you're a coach and you're putting your player with an AAU program, you're hoping that you're doing your due diligence, and uh, just like you know, just like in the recruiting process, uh, when you're picking a college, you don't always have to go with the prettiest girl to the dance. I've seen kids, and I, off the top of my head, oh, this is an example. In football, especially. Yeah. This is, yeah. but, but, but this is this is an anecdote that I think is is, is very applicable. I remember uh, there was a, a a very very good all-state basketball player at Clarkson about ten years ago, Jordan Dasuki. Um, who's playing pro basketball right yep. now, playing pro basketball in the Middle East. And uh, Jusuki, I forgot what AAU team he was on, but he moved over to the family for his senior year. And I remember going to a tournament and talking to him after the tournament, and he's like, I, I don't really know why I decided to come over to the family. I'm just sitting on the bench. Like, I'm getting in for like five, five, ten minutes as opposed to the other team where I'm playing the whole game. Now, at the end of the day, he still ended up going, having a very good career at Lake Superior State. He's playing pro basketball now overseas. And, you know, I think that situation his senior year where he was questioning to a member of, to a member of the media, why did I put all my eggs in this, the family basket? And that's not taking anything away from the family. Right, you're just using really them as an program. example. Yeah. I'm right. just saying, Dasuki. There were so many good players. Yeah. yeah. So, if, you know. It, he looked at it as actually being detrimental to his recruiting because he's going to these tournaments and he's not getting in the he's not getting in the game. And I think that a lot of that has to do with, I think that parents and players need to 
talk with their high school coaches. They need to do as much research as possible. Like again, if I'm uh, if I'm if I'm being recruited by Lawrence Tech and I'm being recruited by Adrian, I'm being recruited by Rochester University and Alma and uh, Albion schools similar to that, then I want to know. All right, so what's our schedule? And you're going to look over how much is it going to cost. And you say, all right, well, why are we – and there's nothing wrong with asking, well, why are we going to this tournament? You know, and at the end of the day, the schools that are recruiting you, they're going to they're gonna be able to find – they're going to be able to uh, see you depending on the tournaments that you go to. And I know that there's a lot of hype. A lot of people are saying, oh, well, they're, well, they're, they're big on Twitter. They've got 10,000 followers on Twitter, you know. Well, how, you know, and they're trying to figure out, like, how this recruiting thing is. It's not a popularity contest. You know, guys go out there and they're seen. You know, and I think a lot of it has to do with timing. Let's look at Matt Nicholson, who was, at, who was with the North Oakland Wolfpack, and then last year, which is really him. the definition of grassroots. Yes, yes, very much. AU, very, the North very Oakland Wolfpack. Yeah, right. right, exactly. The only they, they, they took from the Oakland County the and they cut kid, it in half. Yeah, it's not even Oakland County. It's, <laughs> yeah. the, it's anything above Troy. <laughs> yeah, and, and but the, but the thing is. Matt wound up getting his offers a lot due to timing, a lot due to exposure and, and, being, and being seen on the EYBL tour. Um, the same thing happens with the Reach Kids. The same thing happens with uh, the Grand Rapids Storm and One Nation in the in, going back a few years, One Nation, you know, for playing on Under Armour, on, for on, on the Under, on, excuse me, on the Under Armour circuit. And I agree with you that there is, uh, it's, it's a yin and a yang you can. There are guys in the on, on the grassroots circuit who can pick apart Michigan high school basketball, and there are guys who are Michigan high school coaches who can pick apart the grassroots. And I think that you have to find a happy medium. And what? And the, at the end of the day, if it's really about the kids, then you have to figure out a way as adults to come together and figure out what's best for yeah. set for set for said player. Now. One thing that I think that is huge, and we talked about it last year, and I'm so happy that this is kind of coming up with G. Ward. You know, we talked about it last year with Dan Young. So high school needs something in the, spring, in, the, in the summer, and they wind up implementing that in June. Are they working out their wrinkles and stuff like that? Without a doubt. But they're making the right steps, I think, to give those kids, or let's say this, high school coaches, and to be, to be seen in front of uh, the college coaches where they wouldn't be seen um, – not until September. And the other thing is, if you take away grassroots basketball, like when are these? When, are, when would these kids be seen from um, the end of? Let's you you lose in the first round of the tournament, March 9th, Your your season is over. I have no chance to be seen until September. So I just lost six months. I mean, that might have worked, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. I'm not even sure it works 15 years ago. But hey, it's been around. Uh, you know, anybody can start a grassroots program. Anybody can start an AAU program. And if you look back, I remember, I remember as a kid, and I thought it was big stuff. I remember a couple of my buddies, Keith Cook and uh, Terry Lowe, and they were going to go play for Little Ma Power. Power yeah. Little Ma Power. You mean you moved up from the Southfield Youth Basketball League, the SYBL? And now all of a sudden you get to go. You got a chance to go play in that Russia. Was one of the, that we're getting to get chance little to play Ma, against Russians. For, for the youngsters, Little Ma Power was one of the elite AAU programs back in the '80s and '90s, and, and that and the, yes. there was another one called Super Friends. The Super Friends, which was yep. uh, Curtis which was uh, uh, Chris Weber and Jalen Rose's team. They played on together. Yeah, and then you then and then you also had uh, 
Yeah, you have the super friends with y'all said at uh, Team Michigan and and that's when like it that. all started when yeah. it was just Team Michigan, but, Team Ohio, so, Team Indiana. They didn't have these fancy so names like late eighties, so early nineties, no, late seventies. Oh, late seventies. Yeah. They, but they were okay. going out. Team Michigan was going out there and dominating. There was Maybe one ever, AU team for the whole state. If, if you ever wow. want to have a great conversation, go up to Ernest Glover. He walks kind of slow, but he looks like he knows what he's talking about. He's got a head full of gray hair. And you go tell me about Team Michigan. Like every state then, had one AU team. And then <laughs> an hour later, you then an hour later, then you move to the '80s. Right. You know, but it, but it, right. but it's great stuff. But back then, back when Coach Ward, so many of these guys that we know that are now now head coaches, back when they were playing, um, there were only a few teams, and you were a select player if you got to play on one of these events, one of these teams. Now everybody's like, oh yeah, man, shoot, my next door neighbor, he can play, and he's probably going to be a Division One player. My son likes to play, and they're friends. So I'm going to go put my son on this team, and I'm going to take this player who could probably help out uh, the family, could probably help out Reach, could probably help out, uh, one, you know, a, a, let's say a bigger team, and go let that kid go play for that big team and just be happy. Be like, hey, man, I remember when he was whatever, you know. You could stop by. You could dunk on my son all you want, you know. You could get videotapes of alley-oops and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I think it's about – Long term, and where these kids, you got to let these kids blossom and really let them be seen in, a, in, a, in as many forums as possible. Just make sure that they're the right forums. I know that there are so many, for example, this last spring and summer when they limited um, the, um, the AAU tournaments, they got rid of a lot of July. There were a lot of teams out there that were going to tournaments and they were being told, well, we're going to have college coaches that are going to come and see us play and all this other stuff. And they walked into the gym and there was nobody there. Now, if you now, did you just waste your entire spring and summer and a lot of money in doing that? Or did you look at it like, you know what, I got, I was able to learn and now I can build off of this. And now, you know what, I might not have had those offers, but now I can look to the, to the fall. I got to get ready for the high school season. Hopefully if I have a great fall, great winter, that people are going to see me and I'm going to get exposure. I'm just going to bring up Yante Maton, and I'm gonna, again, I'm going to bring up Eric Williams. Two guys that were didn't really ignored, have a lot. Ignored that were, until the state tournament of their senior years. Went to Duquesne or got an offer from Akron, then wound up moving to, uh, to Duquesne with that staff. All Atlantic, and 10, that was his or, it, all it Atlantic A10 player, and then he winds up transferring to Oregon. And hey, that's great that he had an opportunity from Oregon, but you know at the same time. You know, Akron slash Duquesne was his was his first opportunity. If uh, with Yante Maton, if he doesn't take Bloomfield Hills to the to the promised land, you know, and have such a great, then that means that he is not the number two all time leading scorer at Georgia. Yeah. You know, and there are a lot of other things. I think that you know, guys, college coaches, they really have to get the bang for their bunk buck. They have to be efficient. It's hard to go to say to their to the budgeting. Uh, people in their office, in their basketball office, under their head coach. Hey, I need to go make this 1,500 mile trip, and it's gonna and I and the flight leaves tomorrow, so that's gonna cost me 700 dollars. Plus, I'm gonna have to rent a car. Plus, I'm gonna have to uh, get a hotel. Well, you just I'm mean, pretty much close to a thousand dollars just to see More. one kid, or do you want to wait a month and you can go see 40 kids or 50 kids? Yeah, let me throw, let you me know, th- under the same roof and, and go for half the budget. Let me throw out a couple stats real quick that I I think kind of encapsulate what. George Ward, the point that George Ward was trying to make after that Douglas game. So his junior thoroughbred, uh, Omar uh, Ziegler, um, he held P.J. Brooks to, I think, 10 points uh, on like three, uh, I'm looking at the stats right now, on three of 15 shooting. And then uh, on the offensive end himself, Ziegler was 8 of 10 for 20 points. 
A very efficient game where he outplayed a player that's ranked higher than him in his class. Um, and I think George looked at that game and was, you know, literally minutes after that game yeah. when he went into this um, this uh, very passionate opinion of his to the press. You know, he's coming off seeing his big dog play really big with the, with the under the bright shiny lights, and both on both sides of the floor, end to end, baseline to baseline. And he's saying to himself, "Why isn't my guy getting the kind of love that PJ Brooks gets? PJ Brooks just got a Michigan offer." Michigan State offered him in the summer? Yes, yes. So this is my thing. So if Juwan Howard came in, let's say Juwan Howard was at that game. Is he going to say, oh, I've got to offer Omar. If i got to offer Omar. Not necessarily, yeah. You know, based off of that. I've talked, to Will, I've talked to Willie Burton, who scored 50 points versus the, the versus the Michigan versus the Chicago Bulls. Michael yeah. Jordan yeah, and Scottie Pippen scored 50 something points, and nobody you're not going to get anybody can be like, hey man, top three, uh, Michael Jordan, Willie Burton, Scottie Pippen, <laughs> you know, and nobody's ever going to go out there and say that. I'm not saying that Omar isn't worth his isn't worthy of of his due, and I think that that's going to come along. Remember that he's still a junior; he's got Division One offers. As he was, yes, he's and strong. I think that he's, he's one a bulldog. of yeah, argu- he arguably the top defender, uh, arguably yeah. the top defender in the state. One of yeah. the toughest kids that that you'll that you'll find around. Yeah, Wasik was having a hard time yeah. dealing oh. with him on on Monday. Yeah, and yeah. so the thing with Omar, hey, what do I have to do to keep on working on my game? I have to keep on working on my guard skills. He made a couple of the jumpers uh, on Monday, which was great to see. He needs to keep on building along that and keep on making more jumpers in yeah. front of the right people. Miss, miss that power dunk in the, miss, in the lane the there. Yeah. I've, I've never had that opportunity, but, but I have made three threes in a row. he did go all the way back on the other side and force another turnover to go back in that same set. Yeah, uh, so and, that's what, and that's one of the things that makes him special, and that's one of the things why he has a Division One offer. Right. One, of the three, one of the reasons why Pierre has the offers that he has is because he can score the ball, because he, does have, a, and he does have and size. And he's 6'7", and Omar's 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and that's a, that's a difference. Yeah, all right. You know, we're, we're us vertically challenged people, <laughs> yes. Scott and me. You know, sometimes well, I'm just we saying, had a sometimes, time sometimes when people are complaining yeah. about yeah. recruiting, yeah. The, as much as I can sit here and be like, measurables don't always tell the story, and that's true. But on the other side of that pendulum, when you're a college coach and you're filling your roster and your multi-million dollar a year job hinges on who you're filling that roster with, a lot of times you're going to go with the measurables over the immeasurables. Right. Yeah. And, and a lot of times that's make, you're making a bad decision yeah. by yeah. doing that because mm-hmm. they don't pan out. Uh, they're soft, you know, and it happens in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Let me let me yep. read to you some of the questions that I posed to George today so you can get your response. And these are based off quotes that he said mm-hmm. after the game versus Douglas. So uh, one of the things he said was uh, instead of watching – and, you know, this has changed, obviously, with the growth of AEU. But he's like, in, instead of watching kids April through July, you should they should – these coaches mm-hmm. – as to, to do their job effectively and correctly – an evaluation is is to spend more time December through March um, because you get a better evaluation of the kids who play team basketball, which is what directly relates to the college level. I think that there's a lot of truth there. I will say that I don't mind going to practices. Show up 15 minutes early, see who else is in the gym. Mm-hmm. You know, who yeah. else is ready? Are you the guy that's bringing in your, bringing in your, walking in with your basketball shoes as everybody else is warming up? You know, I think that, and one thing, and one thing that uh, Coach Ward was bringing up was they need to stop paying so much attention to AAU basketball. I think that for me, 
I feel well, one of the one of the keys to my evaluation is trying to see players in as many different arenas as I can. They are going to have uh, there's a lot more liberal play in, in during the spring and summer. Wow, I didn't know that kid can do that. You know, and let's say it, let's say all of a sudden you're watching a kid like Legend Jeter who's getting all these buckets down in the post. You know, during the high school season, you know, I might shoot a jumper every now and then, and all of a sudden you're watching him during the spring and summer, and he gets to play against, let's say, he's got a future teammate who's six foot ten. Well, that allows him to play a little bit further away from the basket, and all of a sudden, wow, I didn't know he could put the ball on the floor. I didn't know that he can go out there and and defend all these other positions. And so it kind of allows that to be done. At the same time, you can't you can't run from your or let's say this. Not very many times can you run from your high school coach. You can go to your parents and say, hey, I don't want to be on with this AAU team anymore because they're not they're not playing me or they're not doing all these other things. It used to be you can't go up to your parents. I mean, now you can go rent a house or something like that, you know, and now you got school of choice and stuff like that, which is making high school basketball more like AAU. But I could never imagine walking up to my parents and saying, I, I, I can't go to Southfield Lathrop because they just cut me. I'm going to convince my parents at 15 years old, 16 years old, you got to sell your house and I got to get a and we got to go to uh some place where I can where I can make the team, you know? Come on, I mean that doesn't even that doesn't even make sense. And so the accountability, and I think that's another thing that George Ward is talking about is the accountability, and I think that that's one thing that high school coaches a lot of times have over AU coaches because they have a rapport with their high school teachers, they have a rapport with their parents, and they know who every everybody knows. A lot of times, you're from the same community, you know. So I can I can reach out to your. I've known your your grandmama used to whoop my butt. I guarantee I can call her up and let her know what you're doing wrong right here, you know. On the AAU circuit, grassroots circuit, man. If I go and say something to this kid's parents, you know, he might leave, you know. And I think that that's a then that's one of those things where where adults have to come together and make sure that they're that they're holding kids more accountable. Because if you can't hold kids accountable, then what, then who's really running everything? You know, and that's where you have the slippery slope of uh, without team basketball. You put five guys on the court who've never played together. I mean, you've got one guy over here who's jitting. You've got another guy who's break dancing. You got another guy over here who's moonwalking. Another guy who's square dancing, and another guy who's uh, I don't know doing whatever. Moshing. The waltz. Yeah, he's moshing. Yeah, exactly. Just running in everybody. You got no clue. Even you know? though this is being written about and spoken about a lot this week, I mean, this is a subject that I've broached conversations with. Uh, coaches and recruiters and you know the way I and this will be the last thing I say on it I I, I see this as kind of a two-part process when you're in terms of recruiting a kid and, and this is by me kind of picking the brains of different college coaches and recruiters I think that the biggest thing that the uh, off-season AAU circuit does and if you want to look at it as like a stock market it's raising or lowering kids values on the recruiting market and I think a kid can really up his stock um, and get on the radars of a lot of coaches that he might not have been on if it wasn't for that AU experience but then I think or at least what's being told to me or when I've had these discussions then it's like the the the, the, the closer or the finishing factor is then going to watch him or her I guess at the regular season level and seeing if what they saw in the summer then translates, and then that will then parlay into the offer. And that they're using the, the off-season AAU circuit as a way to do their due diligence and, and gain intelligence on a player, but it's not always the final factor that leads to the offer. They still need to see them in that structured environment. So it's kind of like a, 
a push and pull, a yin and yang. You hope so. I think one of the points is he's making it's 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 pulling away from that. Yeah. Uh, and you know, one of the things he says, you know, we talk all the time now about the kids that can score. But we don't talk about the kids who make the winning plays anymore. And when did that change where we're just focused on stat lines and not, again, in a high school environment, George argues, that you've got that team play. You've got that, you know, coming down to the last couple of minutes, Mm -hmm. you're trying to hold on to a three-point lead or, you know – and, and we're seeing the kids really excel in crunch time. Yeah, a lot of it, and that goes to bragging rights. I've got all this weight on my shoulder. I've got bragging rights to do this. I'm not going to – if I win this game right here, this is the last time I'm ever going to play you. You know how long I get to talk trash to you? Right. As long as I know you. As long as I know you. Yeah. PSL playoffs, a perfect yeah, example the, like we talked the, about. Exactly, when we talked huge, about that in the, in huge, the yeah. you know, earlier. You know, people – I mean, the reverence that people talk about the Detroit Public School Championship, you know, as they do in Chicago, New York, oh, yeah. and, and everywhere else, it's, it's, on, it's on parallel. And so during the spring and summer, I'll see you later on. I might see you later on this tournament, you know, and all of a sudden you get, it, you get another shot. When you only have one shot, mm-hmm. you know, your back is against the wall. I need to win this or I don't. Nobody remember. I'm, they're very, I mean, if you wouldn't ask somebody, hey, who won the 2010 Peach Jam? You know, just around Michigan, people would say, I have no idea. Was it the family? You know? Now, who won the 2010 uh, state championship? And they'll say, which division? Which right. class? Right. You know? And they'll let you know each four of them, you know? And they'll be like, oh, was that Tri-Unity's year or was that Southfield Christian's year? You know? And then they'll go ahead and they'll start starting 1997. They'll work all the way up to 2000. You know? And I think that a lot of it is, you know, the, the, the sense of pride that, that high school playing for high school basketball has that you don't necessarily have with the, with the AAU circuit. And it takes away a lot of the times from defense, and, which you have to have right. pride and, in, and I'm not saying rebounding, this, which you have to have yeah. pride in, and you can bring together yeah, yeah. every single day like a guy like Omar Because we're talking Omar about does. evaluating yeah, yeah. talent. Yes. And I'm not saying yep. this isn't a phenomenon that doesn't exist in the regular season, but it definitely exists more so in the AAU environment, which is I'm just going to get mine. Mm-hmm. And I'm not passing the ball. I got 20 college coaches on the perimeter of this uh, of this court, and I'm gonna do whatever I can to show them that I'm a dog. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a hoss. Right. In the and that coach would say also, and on defense, I'm taking a breather. Yeah. yeah. Right. Without it. Without it. Uh, yeah. And I because the most of the time, and again, this isn't a phenomenon that's necessarily specific to either one, but I think it plays more in the AU than it does in uh, regular season basketball. But in regular season basketball, you're going to have more checks and balances on that type of mindset. Yeah, we practice this. You know how many more yeah. times they, they high schools practice more in a week than a lot of than a lot of grassroots. So of course it's going to look sloppier. I mean, you've got a team. If I got a kid from Ludington and I've got a team from kid from Muddy, uh, from Michigan, or never from played together. You just drop team. them on a court now, together on a Saturday yeah, afternoon. The, the, the same time, how many? Like really, realistically, how many times can I ask? Hey, we're gonna we're gonna be practicing four times this week. I'm gonna. Fortunately, we got a gym in Lansing, which only means it's a two and a half hour ride for you. You know, of course, it's two and a half hours back. You know. But come on, I mean, it's not like the same thing as you could ride your bike there. Oh, dang, got a flat tire. It's raining outside. And what if you I play Uber baseball? What if you play lacrosse? Yeah, club soccer. Yeah, it's a similar thing. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it, and and that's the thing is, it's it all, it, it is what it, I mean. It's there may be two sports that I can think of where it doesn't matter what season it is. And that's swimming and golf. Right. You know, 
Because the golf course, I mean, obviously, oh, man. Man, he got to play in 80, what are you going to do? Man, he got to play on a sunny day. It was 80 degrees, low humidity, and wind was only five miles an hour. And it seemed like it was on his back every single shot, you know? Now, when I got to play... You know, it was it was fifty five degrees and in, in, in such and such. They're gonna look at. They're gonna I'm glad we're having this conversation. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll I mean, just up, I'll just... bring up another thing. When you talk about hunting points and stuff like that, one of the things is, man, it, it like it like it irks me a lot. So and score, so and score, so and so scored thirty five points uh, versus, um, let's say, the Ohio Basketball Club. Well, they're not gonna mention that that was Ohio Basketball Club's B team, all right? Or they're not gonna mention that they that the that the team lost. Um, uh, by 25 points and 15 of his points were scored in, in, in garbage time. You know, I think that, I think that stats are one of the most overrated uh, things that we have, you know, in, in sports right now. They can I be very, they can be very misleading. Yeah, very, very misleading. I mean, you could skew numbers all day long. You I know? hate, uh, this is going on down a little rabbit hole. James Harden with all these, he scored 55. He scored, doesn't mean anything. That kid, that guy will never win anything in the NBA, in my opinion. If you watch the Houston Rockets play, you couldn't pay me to go play on that team. It's James Harden sitting at the top of the key, dribbling for 20 seconds, with the other four players sitting there with their hands on their uh, down their uh, uh, jockey shorts. Right, right. What are they fourth in the conference? Maybe. maybe even I don't pay any. Those are empty. If you're under third, I don't care. Yeah, those are yeah. empty <laughs> stats. Em- empty yeah. stats. It's, it's Lakers, Clippers, Denver, and Utah before like Houston. Right. Carmelo yeah. Anthony, empty yeah. stats. Yeah, yeah, empty stats. That's great that you put up great numbers. People are going to know about yeah, you, yeah. stuff like that. At the end of the day, and it kind of hits to what Coach Ward was talking about, you have to have pride in winning. Mm-hmm. You have to have pride. If you have pride in winning, you have pride in your defense. You have pride in mm-hmm. in rebounding. And I think that those are some key elements. And obviously, I mean, the, the, some of the most important things that you need for basketball. I don't. There's not. There, you don't win games unless you're you're defending well and you're rebounding. Right. If you're not rebounding and you're not defending. Yeah, you might win a few games, but all of a sudden they're going to figure it out and they're going to be like, hold on a second. Right. Let's just slow the game down and they won't be able to score. We'll take them out of a rhythm and boom, 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 and we wind up winning the game. But, so who cares if you score 35 right. points and, in a loss? And, and to bring it all the way back around, and like yep. you alluded to, Scott, back in the day, you did have to get that expense account. You did have to take those miles uh, launched because you were trying to find the best players that you could find for your program mm-hmm. so that you could build the best team so that your school can continue to do well and get the money and bring it in. And now it's almost like you can cheat it in a way by saying, well, I can go to this one event. I can see 40 guys. I'm going to kind of base this. Or I can just or, go to I'm going to base my offer on intangibles or I can go to huddle yeah. and just kind of see it and not really put in the work that required and if you put in the work and you are here December through March you are probably going to see a higher quality of basketball though it's going to be a longer process now let me end with this because I don't know how long we've been going but it's been a while let me end with this so one thing that BCAM MHSA the recruiting thing they're trying to do is you know in June the reaching higher the recruiting showcase uh, they've got a new boys team camp that's going to happen now in June, taking place at Grand Valley. And even though it's based on the individual players selected, they will have their teams that can join them, which, again, will offer extra exposure yep. for those coaches. Is that a good first step, maybe? As, into- long, as long as they're Division One players, hey, I, want, I don't mind seeing Division Two players versus Division One players. I just don't think that – You don't think I, that – Let's t- say this. If I, want, I would be, if I was a college coach, 
and let's say I'm watching this team camp at Grand Valley State, Michigan's new team camp, high school team camp, and I'm watching Jack Karzinski over at Grand Rapids Catholic Central just to bring up a name. I don't necessarily want to see him play against, um, I'll just mention Southfield Lathrop because they're closed and yeah. I don't want to offend anybody. Right, yeah, and yes. they have zero Division One players, zero John, Division John, two when players. John, when he was on Lathrop, you know, that was players. a good matchup. Yeah, that's a different, okay, that's okay, a, that's yeah. a, you know, I'm just trying to protect yeah, my I know, own, I know, I I'm trying to protect my own yeah, butt exactly. here, you know? We don't want, we don't want you know, to, is John John playing in Europe right now? Yeah, John John is over at Europe. Yeah, got, uh, well. the, the last Division One player to come out of Lathrop was Freddie John. Well, I think he's on Toledo right now. No, he's at just finished up at Saginaw Valley. Saginaw Valley. Yep. Okay. Started off started off at at Toledo, um, and then went to. We digress. Yep. 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 Yes. yes. You, you you've got all this talent on Grand Rapids mm-hmm. Catholic Central, so you like watching that but team. But I, I don't Who want to see them. playing against. I won't, yeah. But let me ask you this: mm-hmm. If you've got an individual showcase that's happened where you've got select players to invite, you know that all these teams are going to have at least one or two select players on those teams. You would, you would hope, but where's the cutoff line? Who's going to say? Well, somebody's going to say, well, so-and-so has my, my kid ranked number 15. You know, I might not even have that kid ranked at all. I mean, I've, I've seen it. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, to me, it's some of the most embarrassing things in the world. Trust me, I'm one screenshot and fool. If I see, look, look, I'm be like, all right, this kid is really number 23, you know? And I'm waiting, and I'm going out there, and I'm even, hey, are you recruiting this We just this saw kid? one. I'm not going to bring up the kid's name, but we just saw one uh, on a national ranking for best uh, left on the board for the, for the senior class in in the country, and there's someone on there that's like ranked number like 13 or 14, who's not even a top five player in his region. And, 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 and yeah, <laughs> in, and, in Michigan. And, and, and right. when I and when I and when I see things like that, to me, it's misleading to the kid because now all of a sudden they might think that oh well, if I'm one of the top wherever. You know, then I should be going. I should have. Why? Why is Michigan, Michigan State, Big Ten? I should at least have. Uh, let's say Val, uh, Loyola, Drew Valentine. Why? Why doesn't he come and see me play? You know. And so the so the thing is, it's it's misleading there. And so does a high school coach use that and say, should I? Well, they've got my kid ranked right here, or he's got letters from this kid. You know. I think that. Hey, you have. I think that they should tier it. You should have three tiers. You have all your top teams. I'm talking about like. Whoever's got the most Division One talent, and I'm specifically meaning Division One talent, you all go play on this. On you're playing in this group. You're playing on this group. You're playing on this group. Then you have a blend of Division One and Division Two. Maybe even just have a, a, a team that's just chock full of that's really good. That's uh, chock full of Division Two players. And then you have uh, your 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 teams that are more Division Three NAIA. Maybe a couple of kids sprinkled, you know, throughout. But you just can't have teams that. I would, I would, let's say this. I would be highly disappointed if I had to watch, um, and I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say the name because I already mentioned him before. If I had to mention Baldwin minus, minus Brandon Childress, I would be so ticked off if I had to watch that team. I said I, I could go to the wreck and watch that, and that's nothing against the guys at Baldwin. But come on. I mean, that, that was, I, I was there, and if you say that, oh, yeah, well, this kid's – no, 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 you're lying to yourself. I saw a kid miss three, three bunnies, and one of them went over the – one went over the backboard. You know, and the kid started. You know, they don't want to see that. You, I just hope that when they're going along and they're, they're filling out all the scheduling and stuff like that, they look and say, bang for the buck for college coaches. Let's try to get as many college coaches in as possible to see as many Michigan kids as possible and to create as many opportunities as possible for the kids 
and I, that's just how I would go about doing things. And it's going to be tough because you're going to have to make cuts. You're going to be like, you know what, maybe next year or whatever. You know, I've got this incoming freshman. He's going to be all this. He was the best middle school player, and so uh, that's great. We'll wait till he competes as a freshman, see what he does, and then we can move on. They're really not going to be recruiting a freshman right now. Amani Bates, let's look at it like this. Amani Bates had under five offers um, going into his freshman year of high school. Probably after the end of his freshman year of high school, he had under five offers. So if you think that it's bad, well, how come my son doesn't have just your son is not Imani Bates. And if he doesn't have what your son, you know, then you're talking about apples and oranges. So let's make sure that everything is with a cool head, uh, uh, business law one-on-one. Would, would, would a rational person do this, you know? And that's how I think that they have to go about making the schedule. And I think that they'll do a great job. So does Scott. Okay. I do. Okay. I got faith in B-Camp. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, yeah, hopefully we are moving in the right direction. Gentlemen, thank you. Thank you. Thank that you. Was, uh, that was good. I, again, Most this, exhilarating. This, this is yes. the type of conversation and subject that needs to be talked about. Yeah. Because once it's spoken about and you get it out there, then there's a way to kind of fix what, whatever needs to be fixed. You just don't talk about it and right. let it kind of linger and just Simmer. kind of talk about it. It festers. Uh, yeah, talk about it kind of uh, under your breath or in quiet or secretly. Then you're not going to affect change. I agree. I agree. That's how that's how um, I get things like spaghetti made for me this evening <laughs> right. instead of a tuna fish sandwich, <laughs> yes. which I was going to, you know, yes, we'll trying quote, to work, work and improve, you know, compliments and, you know, we'll, all that good we'll stuff. We'll quote Michael Jackson, make that change. Yes, make Man that change. Man in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. Great song. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that is Scott Bernstein. He is TJ Kelly. Uh, I am Lauren Plant. Thank you so much for once again tuning in to the Hang Time Overtime podcast, the companion podcast to Hang Time Michigan, which is the video highlight show for all your boys basketball highlights from some of the best teams in the state of Michigan. You can check that out on all the State Champs socials and, of course, at statechampsnetwork.com and on the brand new State Champs app. So check it out. And, of course, we'll have another version of Hang Time Overtime next week. We will talk.